Welcome to Empires of Dirt and Grace, a liturgy for Holy Week. My name is Chris Kamalski, and I am the audio and visual liturgist for Third Place. My wife and I and our daughter, Mia, live in Cape Town, and we have had the great privilege of shepherding Third Place and a wider community of friends through liturgy and through the liturgical year for the last seven years. And just the culmination of each liturgical year, or the crescendo, I should say, is uh, the days of Holy Week from Passion or from Palm Sunday all the way through Easter Sunday, the Resurrection Day. And um, we want to walk with a deliberate intention, a settled pace through this week, uh, being reflective, being mindful, and really soaking in as best as possible in the day-to-day of our life um, what Jesus was going through as we walk with him towards his death and ultimately his resurrection. And to do that, I want to explain how we're going to walk through this liturgy this week because there's a daily component to Holy Week that we don't want to move past. And so here's what we're going to do. Each day, there's going to be a few segments, uh, a short liturgy, if you will, for each day that I'd love for you to listen to and then to reflect on publicly. Many of you have been fasting throughout Lent, potentially um, social media usage and things like that. I would love to invite you to break that fast at some point this week and to begin posting some reflections, not to sort of jump back into how life was before that, but to sort of ease back in um, with a settledness and a reflectiveness and an intentionality. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to do a short Lectio Divina um, with a phrase from the gospel narrative as Jesus was heading to Jerusalem that I want us to reflect on. I'll explain how to do that. And then I'm going to explain the components of our short daily piece of this liturgy. All of them will be recorded on this podcast as well as posted on Third Place's uh, Instagram and Facebook as well as my Chris Kamalski um, Instagram and Facebook. And so the idea is to return to those accounts each day to participate um, in in the liturgy and then to actually either repost that or or put your own reflection on. somewhere publicly so that others in your community, your family, your friends, those that you are connected with um, can participate or be invited into the story and the narrative of Holy Week as well. I hope this is a meaningful series of days for you. I really hope that you create space to pause and consider the immensity of Jesus' sacrifice, his settled intent to go towards his suffering and to the end of that. We can't celebrate resurrection and what Jesus has accomplished until we consider what he has done leading up to that. And so Good Friday purposefully happens before Easter Sunday. We don't want to think about one without the other, and yet we want to walk through the entirety of it all with Jesus. And so that's my hope for you this Holy Week. A meditation for Holy Week entitled Ever Forward Towards My Jerusalem, written by Chris Kamalski. They were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way, and the disciples were astonished, while those who followed were afraid. Mark 10.32 in the NIV. They were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way. Does a more concise phrase of Jesus' settled intent exist in the gospel narratives than this? Mere days prior to his coming betrayal, arrest, trial, condemnation, flogging, mocking, felt abandonment by God, crucifixion and culminating death, Jesus resolutely walked willingly towards the place of his suffering, 
out in front of his disciples, determined in seeing the Father's upside-down redemption through to its bitter end. If I were walking with the disciples, continually needing to pick up my pace to match Jesus' step forward, I wonder if I would have even noticed my friend's determination, let alone query as to its growing intensity. What I learned from my Lord's gracious surrender to all that was going to fill this week, his unblinking willingness to face head-on the suffering speeding his way, to what degree am I willing to lead the way to my place of suffering, knowing that the Father is walking with me towards the darkness? Quote, Again he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later he will rise. Mark ten thirty three to 34 from the NIV. Again, quote, The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. Luke 18.34, the NIV. Again, he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. Could Jesus have been any clearer than Mark's recorded summary? In short, brutal phrases, he describes his suffering as plainly as possible. As a parent of a two-year-old, I sometimes feel the frustration I imagine was rising in Jesus' chest at that very moment exasperation at what else could he do or say to communicate more clearly what was about to happen. As followers of Jesus, looking back on these days, we often ridicule the disciples' stubborn hard-headedness, hard-heartedness, incredulous at their inability to comprehend what Jesus was about to do on their behalf. And yet, do we not live the same way, choosing what to listen to, ignoring what we do not want to hear? Doesn't most miscommunication lay at the intersection of an unwillingness to hear the other and a stubborn expectation that some other way must be chosen instead? Uncomfortably, I see my own immature heart in the disciples' inability to hear what was really going on an unwillingness to acknowledge the heart of another. I, and them, am still a two-year-old in far too many ways. As I struggle to walk with Christ, simultaneously unable and unwilling to acknowledge the transformative suffering that lies before me. Quote, They were on their way to Jerusalem, with Jesus leading the way, and the disciples were astonished, while those who followed were afraid. Mark 10.32 from the NIV again. And thus, Jesus' stride towards Jerusalem, ever forward, takes on an emotional poignancy the more I reflect upon it this Holy Week. Were there tears in his eyes? A lump in his throat? A heaviness to his steps? Most likely, yes to all three. Holy Week is a journey ever forward towards Jerusalem, a path of willing suffering Jesus chose to walk, inviting us to join him in grateful remembrance each year. Among many questions that surface, one rises to the forefront of my mind this year. Will I lead the way ever forward towards my Jerusalem, my place of suffering, with a similar resolute determination? A spiritual formation practice for Holy Week 
Lectio Divina, or sacred reading. Lectio Divina has four steps. The first step is Lectio, or reading. Read a scripture text slowly and prayerfully two to three times. Pause when a word or a phrase catches your attention, allowing God's living word to read you. Meditatio. Step two, to meditate or ponder. Reflectively chew like a piece of gum on the word or phrase the Holy Spirit highlights in your soul. Allow the text to roll around in your mind, sinking from your mind into your heart. Use your imagination to enter into the text, letting the word abide or richly dwell in you, as it says in Colossians 3, verse 16. Step three is oratio, or to respond in prayer and speaking. Express your response to God. Be open and truthful. Share your feelings with Him. Speak freely to God about what He has prompted. You are listening to what God is doing inside you with the Word rolling around your mind and your heart. Lastly, step four, contemplatio, or contemplation or rest. Rest in the Spirit's presence, inviting Jesus to seek deep into your soul, yielding to His work in you. Purpose to revisit God's living word in you throughout your day. What is God trying to remind you about himself or who you are in Christ? A note, as with all spiritual formation practices, whether bodily, spiritual, or mental, we experience them where we are. For some, you will experience joy. For others, agony or boredom. In any case, they build spiritual muscles. If we never train as a runner, We cannot expect to go out and run a three-minute kilometer race. Be open to where you are in relationship with Jesus. Be open to what he gives you. Electio Divina for Holy Week. Taken from Mark chapter 10 and Luke chapter 18. First step, Lectio. I'm going to read a short text of scripture. Listen to this a couple times. I'll read it twice and then pause this podcast and meditate on that, looking for a word or a phrase that catches your attention, that the Spirit is bringing to the surface of your mind and heart. Here's the text. Mark 10, 32-34, and Luke 18, 34. Quote, They were on their way up to Jerusalem, with Jesus leading the way, and the disciples were astonished, while those who followed were afraid. Again he took the twelve aside and told them, what was going to happen to him. We are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them and they did not know what he was talking about. Take a moment and let the word or phrase from this passage that stood out to you rise to the surface of your heart. What is God's living word reading your soul? Again, Mark 10, 32-34, as well as Luke 18, 34. They were on their way up to Jerusalem, with Jesus leading the way, and the disciples were astonished, while those who followed 
were afraid. Again, he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. Step two of the Lectio Divina is, to me- is meditatio, or to meditate or ponder. So take that word or phrase that is rolling around your mind and heart, and just continue chewing on it. Let it sink from your mind. Literally, you can picture this, those words sinking from your mind into your heart. Use your imagination to enter into this text. What would you experience if you were the disciples? What would it have been like to watch Jesus walk towards Jerusalem in front of you? Meditate. Think about that. Imagine it. Enter into it. And let the word abide or richly dwell in you. When you are ready, move towards step three. Oratio, to respond in prayer or speaking. Now, it's time for you to talk. Express your response to God. Be open and truthful. Tell Him what you're thinking. What does this phrase mean to you that stood out to you? What, what do you imagine as you see Him walking willingly towards His death with resolution and purpose? Do you want to join Him? Do you want to join in His suffering? Do you want to run away? Do you, do you not understand why He's doing it? What, 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 is thinking, what are you thinking about? Just respond and open this to God in prayer now. And as you finish reading, and as you finish responding to God, just move to a place of stillness, quiet, and rest. That's step four, contemplatio, contemplation or rest. Just rest in the Spirit's presence, letting the Jesus that willingly walked toward his death sink deep into your soul. Yield again to his work in you. Think about one more time. What what is God trying to remind you about himself, about Jesus, as you walk with him this holy week? This is an excerpt from an article called Seeing the Word, Visual Theology, written by Casey M. Devine from St. John's University in Minnesota. Eliminations bring the text of Scripture to life by giving them a visual form. They aren't simply pictures or illustrations of the stories in the Bible, but rather are paintings that come out of a long process of reflective living with the text. Eliminations are really spiritual meditations on the Word of God. What do images really have to do with prayer? And what can the arts tell us about God, the divine, and the sacred? These are two of the questions that visual theology attempt to ignite. God is revealed to us not only in the realm of words and language, but in countless other ways as well. The history of the Christian faith and theology is also a history of the eye, the ear, of bodily gesture and movement, the mind imagining, and the senses conjoining. Visual theology is a field that examines how the sense of sight is used to see the existence of God in the world and to give it meaning to us as God's people. In our lives as Christians, 
visual theology claims that beauty is essential. Beauty not only excites and nourishes our feelings, thoughts, and imagination, but without beauty, truth and goodness become dull, lifeless, boring, and cold. God's beauty is displayed in all of creation. It draws us to God and to the mystery and glory of Christ on the cross. But the beauty of the world is not only the only concern of visual theology. When we use visual theology, we change our mode of communication from language and mathematics to the realm of imagination, so that intuition, the senses, and our own experiences and knowledge become primary. A work of art isn't just an object that is beautiful to its viewer. It becomes a tool to see, a technique of examination and contemplation that may leave the viewer in prayer. Visio Divina, Latin for holy seeing or divine looking, is a Christian prayer practice that creates an openness to encounters with God and the Word. It is similar to the 6th century Benedictine practice of Lectio Divina, in which one meditates on a passage of Scripture, allowing the Spirit to speak through the story. Except in Visio Divina, the Spirit is essentially revealed through images and the resulting feelings. Both the field of visual theology and the practice of Visio Divina enable us to know God and ourselves better, as well as experience God's love more fully. And so as we enter into Holy Week and walk with Jesus unto His death and resurrection, what we're going to do is we're going to take uh, an image a day on the Third Place Instagram, and as well as my Instagram, at Chris Kamalski. And we're going to walk through a simple process uh, of Visio Divina, to go ahead and do that. Visio Divina essentially is a four-step process in which we'll take a short text, read it, then we'll take a, a piece of art which we'll post on our Instagram, Facebook, as well as my Instagram and Facebook. We'll meditate on that art and ask the questions of what do we see? And then what, what I'd like you to do in terms of a third step is to literally um, word a response. So repost that image on your Instagram or your Facebook and add a response as to what you see and what you notice as you're walking with Jesus. Lastly, we'll post um, the link to a lyric in the profile section of our YouTube each week, or of our um, Instagram and Facebook each day, um, that just allows us to listen to a track and have an auditory sense as well, trying to, trying to incorporate as many senses as we can of some of the sights and sounds uh, that come to us this Holy Week. So again, meditating on a text, looking at a piece of art, responding in your own words by reposting this image with a response and a reflection that you make, and then listening to a song. It's a simple practice of visio, lectio, and auditory divina that we will enter into and engage in this week. This is an excerpt of an article entitled Praying with Art, Visio Divina, from the patheos.com blog. While Lectio Divina is a method for praying with scripture, Visio Divina, Latin for divine seeing, is a method for praying with images or other media. While the Orthodox tradition has long practiced praying with images through icons, the Western Church and Protestantism in particular is much less comfortable, sometimes even out outright opposed to this type of prayer. But as a cursory glance through scripture will show, images have been a central and important part of God's way of communicating. Ezekiel's vision of dry bones, 
and Peter's dream on the rooftop in Acts 10 are just two instances of how images and prayer are vitally connected. With our culture becoming more and more visually oriented, an intentional way of praying with images is needed now more than ever. Visio Divina invites us to see at a more contemplative pace. It invites us to see all there is to see, exploring the entirety of the image. It invites us to see deeply, beyond first and second impressions, below initial ideas, judgments, or understandings. It invites us to be seen, addressed, surprised, and transformed by God, who is never limited or tied to any image, but speaks through them. There is no set time frame for the guided prayer below, but a few minutes, five to ten at least, is suggested. As your prayer begins, take a few moments to open your heart and mind to God. When you are ready, slowly look and notice the image, taking your time to let feelings and thoughts come to you as you take in forms, figures, colors, lines, textures, and shapes. What does it look like or remind you of? What do you find yourself drawn to? What do you like and not like? What are your initial thoughts? What feelings are evoked? In this initial stage of your prayer, simply notice these responses without judgment or evaluation. If you don't like the image or the feelings evoked, simply acknowledge that this is your initial response and continue to stay open to the image and to the prayer. If you have an immediate idea as to what the image means, again, simply acknowledge that this is your initial response and stay open to the more as the prayer unfolds. As your prayer expands, return to the image with an open heart and mind. New thoughts, meanings, and feelings may arise. Initial impressions may expand and deepen. Explore more fully the meanings that come to you and the feelings associated with the image and its colors and forms. Be aware of any assumptions or expectations that you bring to this image. No matter what your response is to the image, delight, disgust, indifference, or confusion, ponder prayerfully the reason for your various responses and what these responses might mean for you. As your prayer deepens, open yourself to what the image might reveal to you. What does it and the Spirit want to say, evoke, make known, or express to you as you attend to it in quiet meditation? Become aware of the feelings, thoughts, desires, and meanings evoked by this image and how they are directly connected to your life and to your walk with God. Does it evoke for you an Important meanings or values remind you of an important event or season or suggest a new or different way of being? What desires and longings are evoked in your prayer? How do you find yourself wanting to respond to what you are experiencing? Take the time to respond to God in ways commensurate with your prayer. In gratitude, supplication, wonder, lament, confession, dance, song, praise, confusion, whatever. In the few remaining minutes of your prayer with this image, bring to mind or jot down in a journal whatever way is most helpful for you, the insights that you want to remember, actions you are invited to take, wisdom that you hope to embody, or any feelings or thoughts you wish to express. Bring your prayer to a close by resting in God's grace and love. This is Praying with Art, the practice of Visio Divina as found on the patheos.com blog. Share your experiences and particularly your written reflections in response to the Visio Divina prayer practice or Lectio practice. And what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to use the hashtag third place Visio. That's 
the, the number three, R-D-P-L-A-C-E-V-I-S-I-O. Share that with that hashtag um, throughout Holy Week on Facebook or Instagram as a way to connect with others in our community as we explore the beauty, the wonder, the lament, and every other experience that Holy Week brings as we walk with Jesus unto his death. As a benediction of sorts, we've explored Lectio Divina so far during this Holy Week. We were going to explore daily Visio Divina, the practice of seeing the Word, as well as hearing the Word. And so we thought it'd be appropriate only to also add a bit of music, which just gets under the senses in just a, a deeper, deeper way. And so I want to leave you with one of my favorite pieces of, of music uh, to play during the Easter season. It's a random little track from a delirious album in 2000 called Glow in the Dark Part 4. Listen to this a little bit and just imagine this being a bit of an emotional soundtrack um, with Jesus as he was walking to his death. A benediction, a prayer from a poem by the name of Palm Sunday by Malcolm Geith, a poet we will return to again and again this week. Now to the gate of my Jerusalem, the seething holy city of my heart, the Savior comes. But will I welcome him? O crowds of easy feelings make a start. They raise their hands, get caught up in the singing, and think the battle won. Too soon they'll find the challenge. The reversal he is bringing changes their tune. I know what lies behind. The surface flourish that so quickly fades. Self-interest and fearful guardedness. The hardness of the heart, its barricades. And at the core, the dreadful emptiness of a perverted temple. Jesus, come. Jesus, come. Break my resistance. 
and make me your home. I'll copyright to Malcolm Guy for that wonderful poem, as well as Delirious for this evocative track. I pray this Holy Week is meaningful and draws you with Jesus as you walk with him towards his death and resurrection. May God bless you in this empires of dirt and grace.